You're listening to a podcast from 702. The Literature Corner. And we're going to do book reviews. What's the last book you have read? Or you can do a mid-review. Maybe you're midway through and you're struggling or loving every second of it. Give me a call. Give us a brief synopsis, the title of the book, the author, and whether you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Zero double one double eight three oh seven oh two. Zero double one double eight three oh seven oh two. I'd also ask a couple of people to tell me what they've been reading. I saw on social media that Prince uh, Michelle, a political analyst, have been reading a book about the last mayor, an accidental one apparently, Herman Mashaba. So I bullied Prince out of his busy day to tell us a little bit about the book. How's it, Prince? Great to see you, sir. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, I've got so many books at home. I don't know which ones should go on top of the pile. I'd ask my good friend Jenny Chris Williams what she thought of the book. Um, and, of course, there's a shout-out quote from her on the cover of this particular book, The Accidental Mayor. And she said, yeah, no, it's it's a pretty decent book, especially Chapter 8. I've no clue what happens there. So I am going to read the book. But you've read the book, haven't you? Yes, I have. I have. In fact, by the way, I'm facilitating a launch um, online uh, today at 6 o'clock. Oh, look at you. Uh, so very modern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell us the details in a second. So don't give it all away, but for radio purposes, tell people the, what the book is about and your, your basic take, and then we'll join in at 6 o'clock virtually. The, the book is, is a very interesting one in the sense that I actually don't think that there's a book like it that has been done in South Africa. This is a book written by a chief of staff uh, working for a mayor who had not been in politics before. Mm. So there's no book like that. Mm. So it's a book written by a subordinate about his boss, uh, really. Mm. But the book does two things. Number one, it introduces us to a possible future for our country in the sense that it tells us about the kind of politics we might have as we go into the future. My, my, my view is that South Africa is going through a transition into coalition politics. So we need to begin to imagine what kind of politicians are we going to deal with in that world. And Helen Mashaba, I think, is that kind of politician. Here is someone who was never in politics. He realizes, okay, um, things are not going well. Uh, which party must I hijack in better <laughs> command? <laughs> in order for me to take over and fix things. Um, for the good of the public. So the book gets into the mind of that character mm. and, and, and says to South Africans, as you imagine the future of your politics, expect to deal with such characters. So that's number one. Number two, the book uh, shines the spotlight on the affairs, the internal affairs of the city of Johannesburg. You know, before I read this book, um, I actually thought I knew a lot about the runnings of Johannesburg. But mm. I realized that actually, like most South Africans and residents of Johannesburg, we actually don't know what is going on in there. Mm. I mean, we, we are dismissive of uh, the Council of Johannesburg because we think it's a very useless institution and so on. But these are the people who have huge budgets. What do they do with this money that is at their disposal? We don't know. The book gives us insights into that and the corruption that goes on in the city and how it affects residents. So those are the two things that it does. 
focuses on the offensive. Mm. One is back, but introduces us into the possible future for our country. That's really awesome, Prince. And your second point we'll come back to in future is so important, even in journalism, in major cities and where newsrooms are not having budget slashed and juniorized, you would have an entire person whose beat is exclusively look after the council. You are doing the city beat, as in the city of Johannesburg is your entire beat and speciality because, as you say, that's the coal face of governance and there's also huge monies that go there. And just as someone look back on a career and will say, I started as a cub legal reporter, we need to get to a place in political journalism where someone as a seasoned journalist can say, I started out and I'm very grateful that my editor gave me the opportunity to spend the first three years of my journalism just observing council meetings and what happens in those committees. Just lastly, a stylistic question. Is the book very readable or did you enjoy it as someone who is a political analyst and an academic or will the average Joe find it readable? This is a book for the average Joe. Um, I must confess, I am more on the serious side of things, so I enjoy political, I mean, sorry, philosophical book. Hmm. So there are parts of it that um, left me feeling unchallenged. But I know that the average Joe wants to read stuff that is simple and straightforward. And this is the book that you can actually sit back at, at home as you go through the lockdown, read and okay. enjoy and understand exactly what is mm. going on in Johannesburg. What happens at 6 o'clock and how can someone be part of the virtual launch? Um, it's a launch um, hosted by Exclusive Books. Uh, it's online. There is um, an invitation that has been uh, distributed. But if people want to join, they can um, email me, prince at politicsresearch.co. I'm going to give them the invitation to okay. the online. Prince at politicsresearch.co.za. That's the one way. The other way is go to the Exclusive Books uh, website. It's a pretty good live one. I'm sure there's also a link there. Thanks, Prince. My pleasure. The Literature Corner. Regular reviewer on this show, excellent writer in her own right, is Kate Sedley. How's it, Kate? Good morning to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi. Hi, CBS. Nice to hear from you. Which book are you going to review? Um, I wanted to talk to you about a book called Due South of Copenhagen mm. by Mark Winkler. I know mm. he's been on your show before, and this one is his brand, brand new one. And I think it's really good. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't read this one. He has been on the show before, and I thoroughly enjoyed interviewing him. Yeah, so this one is interesting. So it starts off um, with the main character, whose name's Maximilian Fritz, and he's the editor of a small-town community newspaper. And um, it's really his reminiscences. So he gets a letter from Denmark uh, about the death of a childhood friend, uh, a boy that he was friends with at 12 or so. This kid arrived at school and um, and he really sort of supported Max. He toughened him up. Max had been sort of bashed around and, and bullied and so on. Um, and this this boy kind of, you know, knocked a few heads together and so on. And then he and his family, there was a tragedy, which is something that the book deals with, um, a crime and a tragedy, and then he, he left. But while he was looking for this uh, photograph of this boy, he, he happened upon another photograph. Hmm. Um, and and, and w- Winkler describes that I'm going to read his description. Um, it has got an adult word in it, so if people have kids, maybe they want to just uh, wait a moment. Hmm. Um, so he describes this picture of himself, um, he finds, at 19 years old, hanging off the prow of a boat 
and blowjobbing the great big machine gun mounted there. We were on our way to kill people that February day, 33 years ago. Me and the rest of Platoon One Charlie Company on our way to the last piece of dry land on the Caprivi Strip. So the narrative splits between him as a child and him as an older man um, in retiring from his job as a newspaper and his time as a conscript in mm. the South African Defence Force. And, uh, you know, to me that was kind of the most moving part of the book and, mm. the, and that gave it its kind of emotional strength. Mm. It's not a conscription book, but it, it, it really, he writes brilliantly about that. <laughs> I love how you say it's not a conscription book because that is the thing is that there is a genre but at the same time it's funny you should say that now you make me feel bad because I was going to ask a very um, precious question about that I actually think we, we, we've we had some good especially films although particularly the intersection of uh, being conscripted and what that has done to minority white boys in particular in terms of their sexuality we've had some great ones like Moffy yeah. who is uh, really worth watching Um we haven't yet dealt yeah. and, and fully written the story of the psychosocial and the deep psychological wounds left as a result of Butihan border crew type stories. So yeah. I'm all for conscription books, actually, particularly when they are tackled as themes by good writers. This one is, I think it's really good. I mean, I think that it's hard to look at these kinds of areas, especially for sort of white authors. I mean, they're questions of guilt and complicity and culpability and so on that, that come out and that are integral to any examination of that, I guess, whether it's in fiction or in history or in your own personal life. But, but what he does here, which I think is, is, so, is so clever, is that he, he gives an indication of the kind of pervasive, unconscious violence that underpins that world. Hmm. And it's not just, um, it's not just in, in, in the army. It's this, the childhood bullying. It's the, the six of the best at school. It's the, the you know, and, it, and of course, right up to the border wars and the troops and the townships and so on. And how it's kind of geared to enforce that social compliance. And, and I think he does a really, really good job of it. And what's interesting about it is that, I mean, they do call it the Forgotten War. And I think you're right. There are some amazing films and, and, and books that have dealt with it. But I think we probably don't talk about it that much. And the, the book's mm. concerns are, are our modern concerns. You know, it, mm. it's around memory and culpability and white privilege and masculinity and, and the effects of that. Um, and and they they're quite modern concerns, but they're mm. really I think well dealt with in terms of a story because he doesn't sort of bash you over the head too much. It's a prism of one man's life, one man's quite ordinary life. Mm. Um, and I can't wait to read it. I love what you said at the beginning of your 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 last um, uh, comment, which is of course that the violence doesn't only literally begin with having a gun in the hand. Mm. And an act maybe of suicide or suicidality or killing someone mm. else or becoming a killing machine that you you get conscripted into. I mean, I had this brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Crispin Henson on my show at the beginning of today's show talking about how white people need to really come to terms with being recruited into whiteness. And as I'm mm. listening to you, I'm thinking, you're right, that, that entire social tapestry, including what happens at school, is geared towards instilling the normativity of violence. By the time you are a troop in the army, you've been through an entire system that have ready you yeah. for that moment. Yeah, you have. And I think he, what he does in this book is that as he thinks about it as an older man, he begins to kind of understand some of that complicity. And also 
how damaging it was, mm. you know, and, and, and not just the, the character. He's, he's an ordinary guy. He doesn't have, like, massive PTSD or anything, mm. but he's quietly damaged um, mm. and, uh, and sort of passive and emotionally um, disconnected in a certain way. I mean, although perfectly functional. And, you know, I think that that's also one of the things that hasn't been really necessarily looked at. Um, that much, but I also don't want to give the impression that this is a, a terribly heavy book. I mean, it's also quite an enjoyable read. It's it's very well observed, and he, one of the things that he does is he he, he gives a, a, a a view of that sort of small town life, uh, which which is quite charming without being romanticized, because <laughs> um, that also is is you know you know it's still part of that system and part of that you know that that sort of underlying violence. But it's also quite can be quite amusing and. Uh, so it's it's really a nice book, and he's a really good writer. So yeah, I was going to ask you lastly to reflect a little bit on technique and style, because what I've enjoyed about his other work is it is uncluttered without being without being ethereal, um, and an amazing yeah. and amazing control. And it takes a real gift uh, to not be terribly ornate to override the characters and yet at the same time to have characters that are rounded and uh, he certainly has achieved that with his other work how did you find this read stylistically well honestly i couldn't put it better i mean it's it's it really is it's quite spare his prose Mm. but every word is doing its job you know and every image his images are really amazing and not flowery or anything but he he just he really has he observes so well the world um, and it, there's nothing superfluous. It's it's a pleasure to read it. It comes in at just under 200 pages, so it's a short book. And I hmm. think, you know, some of us reading in, in in lockdown, I find you know one's concentration hmm. is not always what it what it might be. And so that I appeal, you know, that appealed to me actually hmm. reading something that's quite spare, and 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 really does a really thought provoking, enjoyable. Uh, it's a really nice read. It really is a good read. I think he's a very, very good writer. And he has quite a lot of range, so all his books are a bit different. Yeah. And, I mean, this one I thought was really good. If anything, it's probably the best of the ones that I've read of him. Mm. What a beautiful review. I could listen to you the whole day. Stunning review. I'm going to pick up the book as well. Thank you, darling Kate, for coming on the show and sharing of your excellence as a reader and as a reviewer. Lovely. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much. That's Kate Sidley, and she was reviewing Mark Winkler's latest offering, one of our best writers, due south of Copenhagen. The Literature Corner. Okay, you don't have to be quite as brilliant as Kate. She does it because A, she's brilliant, and B, she does it as part of her career. Um, But just tell me, just even casually, what is the last book you read? You do read, don't you? (gasps) You don't? Not you, Level. You, my glorious listener. As you are using Mr. Min and dusting around the house, why don't you quickly call me and tell me what is the last book that you had read? O double one double eight three O seven O two. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Would you recommend it? You can give a brief praise of it. Alternatively, do so on Twitter and I'll happily read out your Twitter review. You can send a couple of tweets, just the title of the book, the author, basic synopsis, and a yay or a nay. Another regular reviewer we've had on the show is, of course, Andrea van Veek, who does the most amazing book reviews. I can feel her presence across from me, even when she leaves me a voice note in which she speaks about a book that she has read. Have a listen to this one. Hi, Eusebius, and hi to all the listeners who are tuned in right now. I hope everybody has been reading up a storm 
Today I want to review some local fiction because we just have such amazing local fiction out right now. A book that I read recently and which has just been published is Lauren Bierkes' Afterland. It's this sci-fi noir meets dystopian society meets adventure novel. It's set just a few years into the future when the majority of men in the world have died from, wait for it, a virus. Only about 1% is left after what has become known as the manfall. Now, the world run by women uh, sees many things being better. There's no war, for example. But of course, women too are capable of very evil things. Most of the boys in America are taken into a kind of protective custody and kept in military bunkers, supposedly to protect them, but secretly to make sure there is sperm to repopulate the world when it is safe to do so. And one of these boys is 12-year-old Miles. He and his mother, Cole, are stuck in America where he was taken after they tried to return back home to South Africa. Now, one night, Cole and her sister, Billy, break Miles out of the bunker to try and get him back. But Billy is a double crosser and she wants to sell her nephew to the highest bidder to basically become a sex object. And when Cole finds out about this, she triple crosses Billy, hits her on the head and goes on the run with Miles, who now has to disguise himself as a girl. Lucky for him, his voice hasn't broken yet, but unfortunately, he's already started being attracted to women, which could pose a problem. So off the two go on this mother and son, or should we say mother-daughter road trip across America with Billy right on their tail. Now, along the way, Cole and Miles are helped by this group of female anarchists, as well as this strange religious cult, which would worship Miles as their savior if they knew who he was. The book is Pacey. It's full of tense moments. It's a bit of a middle finger to the patriarchy, but also a caution to everyone that Wherever there is conflict, wherever there are problems, there will be people jostling for power, whether they are male or female. Um, I mean, this is not a utopian society by any stretch of the imagination, even though women are in charge. Afterland is the perfect read for this time that we find ourselves in. It's a lot of fun and I highly recommend it. So go out and get it. Thank you, Andrew van Veek, as always, doing an excellent job reviewing. You can quickly review your books as well. What is the last book that you have read? 011-883-0702 or on Twitter. Uh, just make sure that you tag me at Eusebius so I can have a look at what book it is that you have read. Title, name of author, basic summary of it, and a thumbs up or alternatively a thumbs down if it was an uber waste of your time and money. The Literature Corner. Hello, Stephen. Hello, you see this? How are you? Very well, thank you. What's the last book you've read? Um, I've read it before, but uh, it was a James Michener book called Centennial. Hmm. Okay, I don't know it. Tell us about it. It's a sort of a vista of American life from about 17th century until the present day. Hmm. And would you recommend uh, it? Is it any good? Well, James Michener is probably one of the better known authors, maybe. I, I don't know, but maybe you could tell her. Mm. 
Well, if you enjoyed it and you recommend it, that's good enough for me. So that's another title that someone can um, put on their shortlist if they're looking for any recommendations. Hello, Jones. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm fine, pleasure, pleasure, man. Look, I have the book I've read is so far. It's called The Time to Break Silence, written by Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. Yeah, what a great book ever. You finished it or you're busy with it now? I'm busy with it now. And how's it going? Uh, it, it, it's going well, man. So far, I find out about ourselves that we, we cannot talk about the, you know, development amongst the, what you call the society without unity. Mm. So eventually, it just tells us more about the, us Africans that we cannot talk about developing our continent without unity. Mm. So this is not the time for us to say black lives matter, but if we don't care about each other, then what is it for? Mm. We should also, black people, also ourselves, we should do what we call it, reflect the good image to care about each other and also to care about others, not to, what we call it, to demonstrate the ratio, you know, uh, prayer, card rate, what we call it, hate, you know, hatred rate towards other nations or other races. But mm. we, first of all, have to love ourselves and love each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Final one for today. Can't take all of your calls. We'll just squeeze in one last one. Keep it quick for me, Joe. What do you want to review? I've read two books which I think about a lot. One is not so new. It's Girl, Woman, Other, which mm. won the Booker last year. Well, Bernadine Everista shared it with Margaret Atwood. And in my opinion, there's no doubt she should have won it outright. Mm. The story of a whole lot of women, mostly black in the UK, um, but it's it's just so the characters were so real, they're not stereotyped. It has wit, it has irony and satire. It's the most delightful read. Hmm. I recommend it to everyone, and the only thing I don't like is that it didn't win the Booker Prize outright, <laughs> which it really should have. Thank you, Joe. That's absolutely stunning. Those are your book reviews for this week's edition of The Literature Corner.